I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English Lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow Lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome everybody. We are back. Yes. Uh, so we had a little <laughs> a little brief hiatus there as we all had like work and vacations and you what know not? just some busyness <laughs> going on. Yeah. So but we're happy to be back. Hopefully you all had time to read um, Claire Chambers Small Pleasures. I am really excited to talk about this book. Like I am too. I am too. I really liked this. You know, um well I'm well, I'm sure we'll get into a little while later but it was funny because I I feel like I had read so many reviews that were just like oh the ending the ending the ending and I was like kind of anticipating something different than what we got but um I really loved it and I I just I think it's great I can't wait to talk about it yeah, good pick. Thank you. Um, Thank so you. before we before we get into it, um, so our next book that we are going to be doing is called Cassandra at the Wedding. Um, it's by Dorothy Baker. You may have a hard time finding it mm. because this book has had quite the resurgence, apparently. So I'm excited, but uh, I do believe it's on BarnesandNoble.com. Um, you know, libraries. Yeah, libraries. Uh, I know it's at least on Kindle as well, like an Audible. Yes. So even if you can't yes. find a physical copy, if you're into those, like reading in those forms as well, um, you should definitely be able to get your hands on it. And it's definitely worth the little, if you have to put in some extra work to get a copy, it's worth it already. Mm-hmm. I'm like three chapters in and I really, really like it. I, It's really enjoyable already. So um I think it'll be worth it. And apparently it's it's very popular right now. So, you know, do what all the cool kids are doing and go pick up a copy of Cassandra at the Wedding yeah. by Dorothy <laughs> Baker. So you can also be a cool kid. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. We're coming up yeah. on our 50th episode pretty soon in a couple episodes, I think. Yes. So we'll probably be doing something, I don't know, figure out something fun to do, maybe another giveaway or something like that. But um, yeah. I think that's it. Announcement-wise, is there anything you have, Sadie? No, I think announcement-wise, we are good. We are good to oh. keep going. What are you drinking? Because yet again, so, okay, so actually, this is funny. So you were supposed to get our oh, episode yeah. a little bit sooner than we were. You should have gotten it, yeah, a day, at least a day earlier, because Sadie and I did go to record last night. We sat down. We had the equipment up. We had it ready to go. We had our cocktails made. And yet... We uh we just had missed each other so much that two hours later, we had yet to hit record, had, and all of a sudden not, it was eleven p.m. Had not talked, had not talked about the book at all, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, this is, so he's got to go to work in the morning, um, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should uh do a take two. So last night I made a really fancy drink. So I had yeah. matcha and honey and uh, gin and then soda water. So I muddled oh and mint. So I muddled the matcha, the mint. And the honey, mm-hmm. and then added gin, and then, you know, just shook it all up, and then poured it in, and then put uh, soda water on top, and it was really good. It looked amazing. We posted a picture of it, and it looked delicious. I did. I did not have um, extra time <laughs> to do that tonight, uh, so I have a nice glass of uh, prosecco. 
nice. uh, zonin. And then I, I put a strawberry on the rim to be fancy. So I did put in some effort. That's more effort than I put in. So good job. <laughs> what did you? Well, you had a beer last night, didn't you? I had a beer. Um, there's this, yes, last night when we first tried to record an episode before we got distracted, um, I, I had a, a Trillium beer. A Trillium is like this really popular brewery based out of Boston. And it was really fun. We decided to place a pickup order because we were in Boston this last weekend to um, some friends were visiting. And we were like, oh, well, we're already out here. We should put in an order at Trillium because you can't get it in stores or anything like that. You have to order it from the breweries themselves. They have, like, mm-hmm. I think, like three or four locations. Um, but we thought it would be really fun to go the, to the one over by Fenway um, since it was, like, kind of the opposite end of Boston than what we'd yeah. been at that whole weekend. So that was really fun. Um, really awesome area to visit. And... Um, yeah, we ordered some beer, and I got – so last night I had the daily serving, which is, like, this um, – it's a sour that's – it's, like, a tropical sour. I th- mm-hmm. And I think that there's, like, some pineapple in there somehow. It's, like – it's pretty tangy, but it's not very sweet, It's but it's it's a nice sour. I love sour beer, so it's, like, a fruity sour. It's really good. Nice. Sounds and good. Then tonight, and, I, and then tonight I'm having a – um, a rum and diet Coke. <laughs> a rum and diet. Well, you know what? This book is small pleasures <laughs> and you don't have to go really fancy and you're drinking it out of a mason jar. I sure am. <laughs> Did you run out of glassware or is that your no, glassware? No, this is my glassware. This is what we use. Um, no, it was, we- uh, well, Brian actually loves rum and diets. It's really funny. Um, I usually don't drink Diet Coke or soda at all. So all of that is all Brian, 100%. Um, that's really funny. But that's today, a new, that's a new layer to it, that Brian I know, onion. I know. He's, he's got a lot of layers. One could call him Shrek if they wanted to. Um, wait, what? What? Why is like, Shrek? <laughs> when was is that, that a when thing was, in Shrek? Yeah, like. Don't you remember that part in Shrek where Shrek is talking to Donkey and he's like, I'm an onion and I have layers. And like, don't you remember? There's like a whole scene about onions and layers in Shrek. So I don't remember movie lines that well anyway, but then particularly with movies that I, like, I gotta be honest, I didn't really dig the Shrek movies. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, I mean, I watched them. I, I, didn't really dig it. Um, I understand that. Like, I don't blame you for that. I think that uh, this first track was very enjoyable, mostly just for the soundtrack. I thought it was great. Um, I remember, though, I think I was, like, in third or fourth grade when the second one came out. Mm-hmm. And do you... Do you uh, Park City Ice Water had just barely had, like, which is now Oakley Water, had just barely had their, like, Oh, I was like, what the hell is Park? Okay. Yeah, Park City. So before it was Oakley Water, it was Park City Water. Yeah. And they had this, like, grand (laughs) opening spectacular party with, like, a band and music and prizes down by Ken's Cash. And I went... (laughs) I went there because obviously it was like right across the street from our house. And 
we they, I was swing dancing with my cousin and friend Ashley. Like we were just we just in hindsight, we must have just looked so stupid, but we were just having so much fun. I'm sure you looked adorable. Well, they photographed us. We ended up in the Summit County like newspaper oh my gosh, front page. Yeah. And then some random guy who was giving out prizes like handed me an envelope. And inside of the envelope was $100, which, like, to me, I was like, oh, wow. what am I going to do with all this money? I'm wealthy. I know. You're so rich. Yeah. I was so rich. So what I decided to do was I took um, the family, like, everybody in the family who was available and wanted to go <laughs> to Shrek. I think it ended up being, like, seven of us. Like, I think Megan was there, Laura, Stuart. My mom and dad. I can't remember if Stephen or Kendrick were there. Um, but the thing I remember most from that is not the movie. It's that uh, in in the previews for the movie started, there was a Fanta commercial. Do you remember those old oh. Fanta commercials? Where Fanta, they, Fanta. Don't you yes. remember Fanta? Yes. And like Fanta? each that Fanta one? flavor had like a different woman. Had a girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was a Fanta commercial and then Stuart, who is, you know, in like sixth or seventh grade at this point, I think sixth grade, he possibly even fifth. Either way, he sits there and like we're in this crowd of people and like this crowd of like mostly kids. And Stuart just says like really loud, I'm going to go see that movie because <laughs> he had oh a crush on all the Fanta girls. On one of the Fanta girls. Yes. So that's my, every time I think about Shrek, I think about onions and their layers and also my adorable brother Stuart having crush a crush on all of the Fanta girls and making Fanta a really girl. cheesy joke in the theater. Um, that's really funny. I, I don't have any such connections to to Shrek and I didn't really enjoy it you know but that's that's, that's all so right that's all right but but okay I I can somewhat vaguely remember that metaphor but yeah he's <laughs> Brian is like Shrek I guess you should tell him that okay I will I you know what I think I think Brian feels the same way about Shrek as you do so I don't know if he'll oh, appreciate it but I'll tell him <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay oh god um okay so small pleasures Yes. So like you said, you had read all these reviews where people hated the ending. So full disclosure, guys, we're just discussing the book in entirety yeah. this episode. So if you haven't read it and don't want to know what happens because you're reading it, stop listening and you can come listen to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, and like we'll you just give you our full endorsement it. now. I definitely think this like spoiler free, I think this book is worth it. You should go pick it up. I think it's really good. So yeah, really good, if you really good if pick. that that's your spoiler free review, go grab it and then spoilers ahead. Um, yeah, so I had read. So okay, so first off, I was introduced to this book when it was first nominated. Um, I think when it was shortlisted or longlisted for the mm -hmm. Women's Prize in Fiction a couple years ago, and it took forever for it to reach the U.S. Um, it, took, it just took a really long time. I could never find it at a bookstore. And then I finally found it um, like two or three months ago at the bookstore. And it was weird because there were, were some like book bloggers that I followed 
that had read this book and they didn't do like a full review, but their reaction to the ending was so like intense that it kind of flavored the way I read the book. But they they literally were saying like, why was this book written? Like this should never like, why would this? Why did they do this? Why was this book written? This is ridiculous. And then also on Goodreads, which I take Goodreads reviews with a very uh, large grain of salt. But I was reading a lot of them, and a lot of them were the same thing. Like, I would have given this book five stars if it hadn't been for the ending, and then they ended up giving it three. So, I don't know. I was really, now that I've read it, I'm really taken back by that strong of a reaction to the ending. Because I didn't think the ending was, like, all that crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I I saw it coming. Like... Yeah. With, I mean, not it's at I like, the beginning of the so, book. So, yeah. What did, yeah. So, exactly. So, maybe, maybe give a quick, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'll just, I'll give like book, a you're quick, probably not listening to this. I'll give a quick summary of the book. <laughs> because, for I know, a, but I always think, I'm like, why do we do that? Like, if you haven't, I mean, really, you probably have read the book. You know what? Listening. That's not true, though, because I have had people who tell me that they listen to all of our episodes and they don't read half of the books. Oh, that's funny. Okay, well, all right, then we'll give, yes, then we should okay. continue to give a synopsis. So That's amusing. I know. I know I, it's, they just, I don't know. They they tr- listen to it first, and then they go read it for themselves. But anyway, so this book is about Jean Swinney. So she is an editor, like a writer at a newspaper. Um, she focuses mostly on, like, pretty domestic uh, things. Like, she does, like, the the daily or weekly, uh, basically, like, household tip you know, like stuff like that. But anyway, yeah. she f- finds this like article or something or this paper that's written about like parthenogenesis and the idea of a female a woman basically being capable theoretically to procreate without a man's help. And... So she that like this thing gets published in the office, and the, the newspaper receives a letter from a woman um, named Gretchen Tilbury, who basically says, "Oh, this is me. I I had a baby. I was pregnant. I never had had any relationship with a man. I'd never even kissed a man. So this sounds like me." Um, and so Jean decides to kind of like look into this and see whether this woman is credible or not. And keep in mind, all of this is. Uh, taking place in the late 50s. And so she kind of, Gina is older. Um, She's very average looking in pretty much every way. Everything about her is kind of average. And she lives at home with her mother, who's very um, attached to her and kind of needy and clingy. And so she doesn't have kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want to say she doesn't have much of a life, but she lives a pretty, I would say, like, lackluster and maybe unfulfilling life in in her own mm-hmm. kind of way of viewing it. And she goes to meet Gretchen and Gretchen's daughter and kind Margaret, of gets really... Right? Um, Margaret, yes. So she gets kind of taken in by this family and Gretchen's husband, Howard, who is a jeweler, and um, Jean kind of develops this relationship and closeness with him that 
grows as the book goes on. And then we basically find out she's she's going. Whoop! I dropped my book. Um, she goes to all these people, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like involved in Gretchen's prior life, which Gretchen is said to have had um, really severe, like I think arthritis or something, to the point that she was basically taken to a like hospital, I believe, run by nuns or something like that. This is all takes yeah. place in mm-hmm. England, and. Um, is said to have been there for like many years with only other women, it's women only, and this is where she supposedly got pregnant. And so she she's kind of talking to all these other sources to try to like figure out what's going on, and they reach out to the people who had published that paper, and they're going to run tests on her and Margaret. And to try to figure out if any of this is true and try to kind of like either say she's not telling the truth or this is like some type of miracle and this is some like scientific discovery. So as she's going through trying to like find all of these people involved in Gretchen's prior life, she comes across quite a few of them who um, kind of ultimately like uphold Gretchen's story. Yeah, they kind of corroborate. Yeah, they corroborate. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no way a man could have gotten in there. There's no way. And one person in particular, though, that Jean meets is a woman named Martha, who also suffered from some physical issues and was in the hospital at the same time and was said to, like, she roomed with Gretchen and they were really close, but she kind of has, like, a different kind of more abrasive reaction to this conversation about Gretchen. And then you've come to find out, this is kind of where, like, the ending really comes together. Um, Gretchen and Martha, while they were at the hospital together, developed a relationship. They are gay. They were lovers and in love with each other. And uh, Gretchen kind of um, was, I would say, maybe impressionable to Martha, who's kind of more of, like, a spitfire, like, really lived life her own way. And... um, one night, and this happened over time, um, they were taking their sedatives and they would stock up on their sedatives for like three days so that they could get a really deep sleep because of their, like for pain management. And one of those nights after they had taken all of their medications, like three days worth of sedatives basically, a man named Victor who was a troubled, mentally ill nephew to one of the nuns or one of the nurses or something. Yeah, I think think she was a nurse. I think she was a nurse, yeah. Basically snuck in and um, raped Gretchen, and that's how she became pregnant. But she was completely out because of the sedatives that she had taken. Yeah, her and Martha used to, yeah, would hoard hoard the pills. Yeah, and then... um, so th- the way things kind of unfold is Gretchen never really finds out the truth of what happened to her herself. Like she, But she's very concerned about trying to prove her story because it turns out she's still very much in love with Martha. Um, mm-hmm. They reconnect. She leaves her husband to go live with Martha in kind of a, a, a much less... Uh, affluent or comfortable situation than what she'd been living in. And yeah. um, 
as, as she goes to do this, uh, Jean and Howard's relationship continues to flower and they fall in love and become lovers. And then, you know, things just don't go the way that Gretchen wants them to because of uh, the way Martha kind of treats the her daughter, Margaret, and how that stuff goes. And she tries to go back. And so Jean is basically trying to be like the bigger person but yeah, ultimately ready to self-sacrifice yeah but then all, Howard is like I can't do this like she can't just leave me and then think she can come back and like think act like nothing happened and so he kind of chooses Jean and then the book ends with a train accident which kills a number of people including Howard yeah and so he after choosing Jean dies and I think that's kind of what most people are upset about. Oh, I, of course. Like, I can't, I can't imagine what else they could be. It's obviously that because I can see why that seems like a big, but honestly, I think it was just the per- perfect ending to the story. I mean, I guess it depends on what you want right. out of the story. Like, I think if you, if, if what it was for you was like the love story, mm-hmm. then yeah, I guess I can see because it really is. I think she, I loved this, like, how she describes them as people and their relationship. Like, I think they both seemed like neither one was necessarily on a pedestal. Like, I think she did a really good job of giving these characters such like, I just felt like you knew these people and they just seemed really real because while they're good people, Mm -hmm. they're people, Mm -hmm. you know, like they, they have their things where you're like, Oh, you know, Jean and like, and same with Howard, but like they just seem like really good people, and so it's good. a nice love story yeah. to read. But it's like realistic; it's not. Um, it it just seemed very like like a hopeful. So I yeah. can see why people would get like attached to that relationship, and then be like, "Oh man, he dies!" Like they can't even be together. But I didn't really like the love story was part of it, but I didn't read it like a love story. So I was like, Oh, that's perfect. Like, of course he dies. I know. I agree. Well, and they kind of start with hinting at that too. Like I think the, yeah, it starts with real disaster. I figured it was going to be, obviously someone was going to die. I didn't know exactly it was going to be Howard. That was an idea. I thought it would be either Howard or Jean. Yeah. And that it would be like, cause it just, I, I, it, thought it, I don't think it was I thought like it a, was gonna be Jean or something. But um, but honestly, you know what's yeah. really funny is I think this book is kind of like um like a reptile in a bit in the sense that I feel like it could be read in so many different ways. Like I think someone could read this as a romance. I think somebody mm-hmm. could read this as like I almost frankly, I think because I was like, oh, what's gonna happen? What's going to happen? That I was kind of skeptical the whole time I read it. So I almost read it like it felt like a thriller to me in a way of like, oh, who done it? Like, what happened? What's the story? What happened with Gretchen? What's going to happen? Who's the dad? What's going on? Um, Why is she behaving this way? Like, it was almost like I was um, more, um, I was kind of like paranoid, actually, when I was reading this book. Because there are so many hints, for example, um, that Gretchen is gay and in a way was kind of pushing Howard and Jean together, like like making trips all together, like p- making plans for everybody together. And then all of a sudden she and Margaret can't go. So then Howard and Jean are kind of s- sent to just be alone together. 
you know, which was... Yeah, it, it definitely was like, it was a surprising action from typically how most people react. Right. Like, they wouldn't push a single woman to go spend time with their husband. Yeah. You know, probably on average. Um, so, yeah, it was... But I didn't get the gay part. I truly was surprised. Well, I was too, because... I did you not... Know crazy? I did not, like, I think catch be- on to that I think stuff. because I was expecting such a crazy ending, I was like... Oh, she's going to send him off her off alone with Howard. What's going to happen? Is he going to murder her? Like, is he a bad guy? What's going on? Like, I was I was going off the rails with what I thought was going to happen, and none of it <laughs> was as clear as just she's not interested. She's gay. They sleep separately. They don't have a physical relationship together, and yeah, she's just she's gay. That was not... I agree. I was still very surprised by her just up and leaving Howard like that. Like, it was... It was shocking to me as well. Um, And I don't know if it's because I was expecting something crazier (laughs) at the end or something. I don't know. But... I really liked, too, how once that kind of... Kind of once... I don't know. Gene really meets Martha things really pick up mm-hmm. like in a nice way not that I think that I actually really liked the pacing in the book throughout the whole book I did like too. I never thought this is moving too slow or it want you know I, I thought it was all really well done but I do think there was this clear differentiation and like once she meets Martha mm-hmm. like just how quickly things happen and I really enjoyed that because it just it I don't know. I think well, it's like this slow build up to be so invested. Yeah. And then it's just you get all of this. Like you get how you figure out how it happened. You've got the Howard and Jean. You've got Martha and and um, Gretchen. And then even like Jean's interaction with Margaret and then how yeah. she is with her mom. Like all these things just are going on. And it's just like, but all really, it's not overwhelming either. It's Does not. That make sense? Yeah. Like it just, it's not. I love the pacing. It's not overwhelming. It just feels like things just kind of naturally unravel. But it still happens in, I think, like a natural way. But it does feel like an unraveling. Like when um, the way that Martha and Gretchen reconnect is after Jean goes to see Martha. Martha gives her a painting because Martha is an artist um, to give to Gretchen. Of oranges, right? Yeah. And um, which I think is what some of the covers of this book. Yeah. So the cover I have that edition is like the teal blue with the flowers on Same. it. Yeah. But I think the and original then, but I've was seen orange. other copies. Yeah. It's got like oranges on it. Yeah. Um, and it has like her address or something or something on it to, to give um, mm-hmm. Gretchen a hint of like how to contact her or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just I thought it was. Really well done, and it everything about it just felt so natural from the beginning. Like, especially if okay, if like we read it like a romance, um, the way that Jean and Howard fall in with each other, I think is just so like human and natural. Like she's you know the first time she meets him, she goes to the she's unimpressed. She's unimpressed. Un- like she makes yeah, she's unimpressed. Yeah. She thinks he's perfectly average kind of mundane Mm -hmm. like doesn't deserve Gretchen um but then as 
as time kind of goes, she as she, and as she gets to know him more, she becomes more kind of enthralled with him, and especially like the way he treats her, like he treats her like she's interesting. They have good banter. Mm-hmm. They seem to get each other, and they seem to be able. She's to, vulnerable around yes, him, yes, and vice versa. Um, yes, yeah, and. I liked that it happened slowly. It wasn't like this, like, wow, big fireworks moment, you know, that mm-hmm. you see in some romances, which I think is something I don't like about the genre in general. Like, I think that this book does a good job of, first off, putting Howard and Jean and, like, setting them up as if they're on equal footing. Like, they're both perfectly yeah. average people who whose lives kind of have entered... Gretchen and Margaret's life after the fact, you know, Gretchen and Margaret kind of had their own life because obviously Howard's not, Howard is not Margaret's dad, but he, he right. is her dad in the sense that he's raised her and he's, it's, yeah, he's not her biological father. Yeah. So he kind of comes into their relationship after the fact and, and doesn't necessarily know everything about his wife clearly and, and her history and her feelings and beliefs. Um, and well, and he he makes the, a point of it yeah. that like they kind of there was like a rushed like rushed kind of attitude towards their marriage because he, you know, her being an unwed yeah. young mother, and so there was it, it was very good that she got married to Howard, and there was kind of like a hurry, let's hurry and get that kind of before he changes his mind. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and not that he was that person, but you know that was obviously a concern, and he brings that up. But like you, it's. It is interesting how slowly that unfolds. It's not like even when you first meet them, they're arguing or not getting like they seem like a, like they're perfectly comfortable around perf- each other and like yeah. they seem like, like a perfect they care about each other. Couple. They seem like a perfect couple. Yeah. Like and even Jean says that until she starts noticing these like little differences and these like weird moments where Gretchen is kind of like clearly thinking very deeply about something different she kind of yeah. gets this like sad There's some melancholy yeah very withdrawn maybe too and, and then she notices she gets a glimpse of the bedroom and sees that their beds aren't together mm-hmm. and um i well, and even just like the gradual way that howard tells gene that he came to realize you know that like their physical relationship was over you know, that yeah. they early on in their marriage, Howard and Gretchen had sex and they had a physical intimate relationship. And and then he says it just kind of decreased. And then all of a sudden he realized that they hadn't had sex in a year. Well, and he brings up too, like he, it never seemed like something that she really enjoyed. Right. So why would and he want to like, like push it on her and stuff? He didn't want to force it. Yeah. And which and yeah, just a really... I mean, it, in those cracks, but they happen so subtly. Like, all of a sudden, you start seeing, as Jean starts, see, starts seeing, like, yeah, it's not all as it seems. Yeah. I thought that was... Howard was such an interesting character, too, because, like, I think he's he's a simple man, but I don't... And I don't... But I don't mean that simple, like, that he's simple-minded. I just think he's... Um, he's just kind of up front... But he's not aggressive. Like, he's just, like, a soft, kind of quiet, kind, nice person, you know, who just Yeah, I don't, I don't think to simple is, like, a derogatory way. I think some people are simple. It's, it's yeah. a nice simplicity. It doesn't mean unintelligent. Right. It just, like, 
which I mean, the book is simple pleasures. Yeah. You know, it's that same kind of thing. It, it's just as pleasurable as, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I really, my foot fell asleep yeah. and it's really distracting <laughs> oh, me right no. now because my whole like lower leg and foot so is like, tingling and it's so uncomfortable. Oh, so I can't even really think. <laughs> It's like all I could focus on right now. But no, I I think Howard is kind of one of those simple pleasures. And I think that that's so attractive to Jean, like what her life is like. And she's she's at the point, I think, where those simple pleasures are her only pleasures. Mm -hmm. But like she allowed, I mean, her relationship with her mom is really challenging. She has a sister who's younger who's gotten married and moved away and has kids. And so Jean is there to live with and take care of oh, their mother. Oh, my God. You just totally... I, I had totally forgotten about this part of the book. But one of the reasons that Jean kind of, I think, attaches herself to the story and to Margaret is because she had... She became pregnant when she was younger and she well actually she wasn't younger she's younger than she was but she was still like 29 or something yeah she was unwed she became pregnant and she basically had and a botched the person that she was with was a was a married man yes or and he was having an affair with her yeah and yeah well and then she, yeah, and she gets a, a basically a botched abortion he goes all, all he yeah. does for her is pay for the abortion and she loses her ability to have children and it's a traumatic event um like so many and something were. her mom knows about but like doesn't they don't talk about mm-hmm. like she's never talked about it and she has she tells howard about it mm-hmm. um and i i that was a really powerful section i liked i liked their conversations with each other they it was it felt real and like of that's what it genuinely looks like when people put down walls and like how yeah. special and hard that is like that's a really hard thing to do and um, Jesus, especially I mean, the, back then, like it's hard. En- oh yeah, I mean it's hard enough, obviously, for for a woman to open up about something like that, um, because there's so much judgment in society even now. Um, to open up to a, a man that you haven't known very long, like you never know how someone like that is going to react. And like, luckily, I mean, she had. A connection and felt safe with Howard, which is, I think, so important. Um, but that's a real risk to just like bring it up and to talk about it. Like this 1957, this is not like a great time to be, I don't know, to, to be in that situation. It's not a great time, yeah, even now, but it's like clearly, but. Back then, too, it's it's like it's not even like your life that's at risk. It's like your relationships and being vulnerable like that. She's she is like putting this possible friendship or a relationship that she doesn't even know is possible necessarily yet on the line because she has no idea how he's going to react. It's very scary. And then, of course, he's just a stand up fellow and is just very sympathetic and and just kind of quiet and just lets her say what she needs to say and doesn't really, like, comment on it too terribly much other than making her feel, like, Other heard. than express empathy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's... It, I, I liked... I really think that the time period added a lot to the novel, too, and kind of this post... 
post-war like time in England. And um, I guess this was like a real, this was based on a real thing that happened. Yeah. Well, the, the real disaster was real. And I think that art- article about parthenogenesis was real. Yeah. And then even someone writing in. So I guess like they, that article did get put out about, I think it was with fish or something. And then um, I guess, so that I was doing a little deep dive on it. And I guess in, let's see, where did it say? They got, like, women wrote in um, saying that they had experienced a virgin birth. And there was one case which several doctors couldn't reach a consensus on. And she was a woman who had been confined to bed while in a German sanatorium. So, like, Mm -hmm. some of those details, I guess, were based on a real case. Um, But I really liked... I really liked the setting of it, especially it, I think it really put some starkness to to different attitudes, but like in a subtle way. Like I think, you know, reading about Jean and her job at like what she does at the newspaper yeah. and kind of her relationships with the men there, her relationships with the women there, like yeah. the kind of gender roles were really highlighted in, but like in ways that didn't feel forced. Does that make sense? Like, yeah it wasn't like all these men that she was uh, working with were just assholes to her sexist assholes, but there were like little things, right? Like these little microaggressions that were just common practice and like part of the culture. But then it's contrasted with, you know, like her relationship with her newspaper editor, Yeah, I think was a really nice small, like kind of this fatherly role, but not in a cheesy way, just, you know, and just looking at the ways that it kinda, the sexes can interact. I think that was a big part of it. Like with yeah. just her and Howard and their relationship and what's appropriate and not appropriate. Like what a big deal it was for her to be talking with him alone. Yeah. You know, and like she was worried that his Aunt Edie, another great minor character, <laughs> were like would be scandalized, you know, that she was in. In fact, they had a lovely like interaction and time and like, you know, and his relationship with his aunt I thought was really mm-hmm. nice and like all these great little minor characters in there too. Yeah, I liked it because like it was a it was interesting seeing um, Jean in her professional life, kind of being mm-hmm. surrounded by men, and seeing how that kind of affects her own view of herself, view of her work, view of the environment that she's in and view of like the stories that she has the opportunity to tell or the ones that she doesn't have an opportunity to tell because her getting certain stories is dependent on whether or not any other man in the room finds it interesting enough to want to steal it uh-huh. from her. Um, But I thought like it was interesting to see then Howard like kind of juxtaposed of like now we have a man that's just surrounded by a lot of women and um, how that kind of like toxic masculinity just seems to kind of have exited the building with him because he is surrounded by women all the time and he seems to have such a like a genuine appreciation and just respect for the women in his life even when he disagrees with them or is hurt by them you know um and it and it just it the thing that I love about it is that it does feel genuine I think like sometimes you see um male characters who are not misogynists sometimes it's almost like a self-congratulatory kind of thing of like proving that I'm not a misogynist but then like 
that's yeah. part of what makes you a misogynist sometimes, like, is just being performative about it. But he's so genuinely just, like, totally happy and content just being surrounded by, like, the women in his life. And I thought that yes. was such a refreshing thing. He's not some, I don't know, he just views them. There's another reason why I think the romance between him and Jean works well is because, again, it just feels like they are on equal footing in the way that they view and respect each other. They have that respect I agree, there. yeah. Yeah, I really like their relationship a lot. Um, and, I mean, it is sad that they ultimately weren't together. Yeah. That is a sad thing. Um, but I thought it was, I don't know, I just thought it fit in so nicely with the story. I mean, and it's like, and I just loved, I mean, poor Jean. <laughs> like, and not in like a, like, I empathized with this character a lot mm-hmm. and really felt for her and cared about this character, even though some of the things I was like, you know, you, again, she's not perfect. Yeah, she annoyed but, me sometimes, like anybody would. Yeah, but I really liked this character. And, yeah, I really, and like, was invested in her relationship with her mother and, like, the struggle of, you know, caring for this person who is elderly and seems, you know, having a lot of challenges, like, mentally, yeah. I think. And so it's that, and, you know... It was challenging, and there's a lot of sadness on both sides of that, you know, for her mother and for her, and, like, she just seems so stuck. It's just so hard to watch people that you are invested in or care about in a way and then, like, see them stuck. And so it was really beautiful to see her relationship with Howard kind of evolve, and I think that Claire wrote about it in a really nice way. I mean, I think it did almost get a little, not romancy, but it did, like, kind of the tone of the book kind of got... yeah lighter almost as she and Howard are like falling in love. Yeah. But it wasn't, but I, I thought it just fit nicely. Like, well, I think it, it's, it didn't seem, it didn't seem, I agree that it was like, Oh, we're finally given this like opportunity to see them together in some sort of way. So obviously it's like romantic, but I thought it was still realistic and interesting because all of that is done with us also knowing that like, Margaret is being displaced. She's in a new environment yeah. where she feels not necessarily safe or wanted. Um, there's, you know, I think a lot of sympathy I have for Gretchen of like making this kind of like huge life decision that has a lot of repercussions. And at this, like, you feel for her of, like, oh, she's finally making that decision. She's going to go, like, live her life and, like, be herself and love who she wants to love. And that is always something to celebrate. But then seeing kind of also this regret, you know, that she has. Yeah. I think that that's... Well, and the destruction that's caused. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's a hard thing to swallow when life choices you make can negatively affect others or mm-hmm. cause inconvenience like that's hard well it's hard to and I think it's such a good example of like the struggle that anybody would have but like this the struggle of um balancing your own wants and desires as an adult and as a person and like living a life that makes you feel fulfilled when it's in direct contrast to maybe the best interest of your children who 
is also one of the greatest things and makes you fulfilled. Like that that battle of like her being in a position mm-hmm. in, of life and in the world where she has to almost make a choice between the, you know, security and comfort of her daughter's life with the um, freedom uh, to love in the way that she wants to love. It's just like an impossible choice and an impossible position to be in. And, you know, we're coming at it from Jean's perspective, which is also, I think, Howard's perspective because she's on Howard's side in a lot of ways. But she has her own affection towards Jean and towards Gretchen. And I think, like, also feels a lot of sympathy and empathy for her and, and that relationship and in kind of a more um you know it's not that she's impartial but i think she she looks at that in a kind of objective way but i think also you know i find it interesting that i didn't find this book more depressing because then when i think about like the repercussions not of howard's death but actually the fact that gretchen was raped and that she was raped by someone who suffers from, like, severe mental illness, and it's implied that he's, like, schizophrenic or something like that. You know, he hears voices that tell him to do things. Um, And then prior in the book, you know, we get examples of Margaret kind of experiencing some of the same things and it not being taken very seriously. You know, it's just that she's just hearing angels, and it's fine. They're angels. Like, what bad thing can they be? Mm-hmm. Um. That is, to me, like a more scary or sad ending than Howard dying. But it's not really resolved in any way. Like, I mean, I guess that Jean makes a decision not to disclose the truth of what happened to Gretchen to Gretchen. Yeah. Am I correct? Like, it seems like that's the decision she made. Yeah, no, she decides not to. Which, I mean, we could debate about that. That's a that's a good question. Like, I mean, I think this book does a good job of really asking, like, the question of, of like, is truth maybe always, like, the best answer in a way? Because, well, I don't know. Yeah. I liked, I liked how it was approached, too, from Jean's idea of like journalistic integrity Mm -hmm. like she really takes her job seriously in a not I think she she really it's it's really important to her and she takes it really seriously and like wants to continue to I think be to like excel at things like I think she wants to be a good journalist yeah you know like that's kind of what she has and so I think there's lots of her kind of thinking about in the book of, am I getting too close? Oh, I haven't been doing what I supposed to because of this. And like, how do I communicate? You know, like she's always kind of keeping it in her mind. Like, even though she's super invested in this story and it's like that idea of like the journalistic integrity, I think was interesting. Like, because I think it kind of like, did you ever, did you ever listen to that dark horse podcast? that serial no. did no i haven't no i started it and i haven't finished it yet no the trojan horse the sorry the trojan it was the trojan horse affair yeah that's what it was called yeah. but it but basically part of where i'm going with that is the two so the two journalists like that host the podcast they have these interesting discussions in it too and one of the discussions is basically like 
about that idea of journalistic integrity, like not getting emotionally involved in the story or like involving yourself in any way. And one of the podcast hosts is like, yeah, you, you don't do that. Like I, my point in telling these stories is to like get information and give it out. And the other one was basically like, well, I want to actually have change happen. Like if I want to report on a story about whatever, because something's wrong, I want there to be change from it. And like, that's my end goal. So getting emotionally invested, it's like, of course I'm going to get emotionally invested kind of a thing. So I thought it was interesting because Jean really seems to have the same kind of conflict of like, she wants to have this like integrity in the situation, but then like she is so emotionally invested in it because Mm -hmm. she, but it's for like good reasons. Right. Like, well, there's, it's a genuine, like it's a, it's like wanting to like, she's invested for positive reasons, but that in and itself creates its own. So it's kind of like, I don't blame her for being invested and getting involved in the way she did, but then also she probably shouldn't have. Like, so right. it's just like, no, for sure. She definitely like, but I can totally see how she did. Yeah. I mean, her poor isolated, like life. Like I just, I really empathize I know, with her. A very isolated life. And also like when you're some, it just felt for Jean, like it just seemed like her being able to connect with another person, like a another woman, but then also the child and the whole family, and like the child. I mean, all of it. All she of needed it. A, f- a good friend. She needed a child. She needed yeah Howard. Like she needed. She was not fulfilled at all in her life. Is how I took it yeah. and had and but saw it all right in front of her. You know, yeah. like she loves her work, but she's not fulfilled with it. But like this is what I can have. Like this is like and she'll my lot and she'll take what thing. she can kind of get. And yeah, and and, and just and it kinda... becomes very real for her too. But yeah, I mean, like, there's just also yeah. This book just made me think a lot about like how sometimes you know the objective truth can just be too much sometimes for some people, like. Well, and yeah, and it's just such a sad situation. I mean, just the fact that part of the reason her life is that way is because of the time period she lives in. You know, it's like she just doesn't have many options open to her in the mm-hmm. ways that she could maybe find fulfillment. And it's it's sad, you know, like. Yeah. It I just how different it would be equally as hard in some ways, but just how much more she had on her plate because of the time period she lived in, like on mm-hmm. top of all her other struggles. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's lots of struggles in the book. I mean, from all sorts of people, you, even with like the, the poor kids when they're in those hospitals, like that woman, that's like the girl who grows, you know, grows up and, but she's like confined to an iron lung. Yeah. Like what is like, Oh, what a life. yeah, I agree. And I also like, Oh, what was I going to say? Um, does your foot fall asleep too? No, but I think it's funny that you said that because so I'm I'm like sitting like uh, cross-legged on like a. Are you on the floor? By yeah, the way, yeah, I'm on the floor. Okay, I'm like leaning <laughs> up against the wall. It's it's really nice, but I have like a very comfy cushion that I'm on. But I was sitting cross-legged for a really long time, um, and then yesterday I was the same position when we were like talking yesterday, and when I got up, I could barely walk. My knees were so stiff because my – this is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm going to tell 
this to the world. Um, the whole wide world that listens to this podcast. Um, yeah, but how many? <laughs> so. Five people. I was in Boston and I was walking and uh, my hands. Are you getting old, Sadie? My hands were in my pockets. <laughs> and these were some very small pockets that were like the opening was really tight. So it's hard to get my hands in and out of these pockets quickly. It takes a little bit of effort. Wait, this story is not going where I thought it was going. Okay. So you're upset about small pockets. So what happens is I'm walking enjoying myself. My hands are in my pockets, my jacket pockets, and I'm just enjoying the, the beautiful, uh, Boston uh town. It's like springtime. Yeah. It's it's like nine o'clock at night. People are out. People are ready to party. People are waiting in lines to get into restaurants and bars and like everybody's having a good time. I'm having a great time. I'm laughing with my friends. I'm laughing with my boyfriend. And I think I looked up and I stopped watching where I was going, which is a really big mistake when you're walking in a very old town where there's a lot of cobblestone and there's a lot of sand on the cobblestone to try to make it more even. And um, I slipped and I fall forward. And because my hands are in my tight pockets, my hands can't come out to you catch me. get your hands out? So did you try to get your hands out, or did so I tried as I'm falling forward? <laughs> I like him trying, I'm and s- I can't. I'm so sorry to laugh. I know it's funny. That, I'm it's sure funny. It hurts. So I land on my knees, and then I catch myself not on my hands, on my elbows, on your elbows, which oh, are in my pocket. So I'm like up. forward on my elbows. So yeah, oh. you can see my injury I see. on my. So, but then, you know, I fall one time and then I'm trying to get up, but I still can't get my hands out of my pockets. So as I start to get up, I fall again and I can't catch myself on my hands because I just have my elbows. It goes. Had you had any libations? Uh, Yes. Yes, ma'am. I have. Okay. So that that figures into the story. A little bit. I mean, not like an excessive Because maybe your reflexes would have been a little... Quicker. They were tight pockets. I'm telling you, pockets. this could have happened to me any Tuesday afternoon, okay? But, um, okay. all right. I believe you. No, it was definitely a factor. But it gets to this point that, like, <laughs> I've basically fallen three times forward on my elbows and knees to the point that I just, like, roll over on my back until Brian can help me up. At least you weren't alone. I'm glad someone could help you look, and you just could roll over like a turtle. Look at my knees. Do you see that? Oh, they look awful. I'm sorry, They're Sadie. So bruised, but not as Those bruised are, as my yeah. ego. Not as bruised as my ego. Um, I can understand that. Well, thank you for your sympathy. It's okay that you laughed. I'm not mad about it. Uh, I laughed too. It's- it was funny. It was also a really involved story about why your knees hurt. So it was good. Yeah, knees still hurt, but it's it's okay. Um, wow. Okay. So there's still a lot I want to talk about with this book. So I think we are going to very easily be able to record next episode. And I totally forgot where my train of thought is. So maybe it's time to wrap this one up and we'll see. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about the kind of religious element in the book. I think, uh, Margaret and Martha's relationship talk more about, I think that whole thing was really interesting. Um, yeah, and yeah, there's a lot more about about the book that it'll, I'm in, I want to discuss. Yes. So we will definitely have an episode two. Um, but in the meantime, 
Uh, also go and order your copy of um, Cassandra at the Wedding by Dorothy Baker. See what you can do to find it. I promise it's worth it, even if you just have to like listen to it. Um, and it's not super long. It's a novelette, so it shouldn't be a really intense read. Um, but yep, next, next episode we'll discuss more um, about small pleasures and... I think that's it. Yeah. So thanks, everybody. Appreciate your patience while we had a little hiatus there. (laughs) So we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.